Welcome to the 95th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're interviewing today probably the youngest um, interviewee we've had on the podcast, James Spray. One appearance for the Wolves, one goal. I mean, that is just, that's everything there. 100% record. James, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Oh, James, you are absolutely more than welcome. Now, um, you're a local lad. You was born in Hales Owen. Um, yeah. um So I just take it you, you're still living in the area. And who did you support growing up? Um, well, yeah, I'm currently living around the Dudley area now. And growing up, I supported Aston Villa. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Flipping it, I actually thought you was going to say Wolves, you see. So you, you, <laughs> so you, was, you was a Villa no, fan growing up. Yeah, I was a Villa fan growing up, yeah. Hey, listen, we've all got our crosses to bear, mate. But <laughs> it, it, So, obviously, you got spotted by Wolves as a, as a young player, and I want you to tell me how you got spotted, but and, and also tell me if any other clubs were interested. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, um, I started playing for District and the County, um, and that's where, where I got spotted. Um, I had a scout who I used to play Sunday League with, um, Dave Quinton, and he was a manager of Neverton Colts. Yep. And we were the local team to myself at the time. So obviously he managed to get me a trial. Um, it was a six-week trial at the time, and I think I think both said they wanted to sign me um, a week into it, which which was nice. But yeah, it was um, it was a stepping stone, though, um, and it opened my eyes to to fo- real football, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe yeah. you, you you started at the Wolves in two thousand and six. So how old was you then, James? Um, I would have been thirteen then, because yeah. I didn't actually start playing football till I was around about nine, ten. Yeah. Um, sort of like for a proper team, if you like. Yes. Um, so I was quite late into to starting up, really. Uh, I mean that that must be huge, really. You sort of nine, ten years of age, and you've only been playing football for three years. Then a professional club shows an interest. I mean, for. You know what, James? I'm I'm 45 nearly, and I'm still waiting for that chance. So for you to have it after three years is huge. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, just, I've scored a lot of goals um, when I was younger, especially Sunday Sunday League and stuff like that, district and county and stuff like that. So um, I, I did attract quite a lot of interest from from the clubs um, Villa, Birmingham, and Wolves. Brilliant. Um, obviously, being a Villa fan growing up, Birmingham sort of offered me a trial. They um so I sort of said no, I would rather not done them colours. Um <laughs> and basically said we'll just sign you up, but you know, you don't have to come to the trial. We're really interested in that. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, um for me personally, obviously Wolves is, is special to me because I spent a lot of time there. Yes. Sort of Albion don't bother me too much. Um but obviously the Birmingham thing being a Villa fan, that was just like unacceptable to myself. Looking back, I think it was a bit naive, you know. Um, yeah. Luckily, I did get signed later on by Wolves, but it was an opportunity at the time, being young and, you know, following your, your club and whatever. Of course, um, of course. It was, it was something that I just couldn't do, where obviously Wolves is, is, is fine. I 
they would never know issues obviously being a Villa fan growing up so that was fine yeah. I mean as long as it wasn't the Albion James that's the most important <laughs> thing yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I mean what's really interesting now I know that you'd only been playing football for three years before you got spotted by Wolves um, yeah. an 0-9-10 season uh, Wolves yeah. were in the, the Premier League at that point they'd just been promoted now you yeah. was on the bench twice as a 16 year old and I, I, yeah. Doing my research, I did find this out, but I couldn't find out which games it was. So, which, which games was it? Um, it was Wigan. It was Wigan away. I remember. I think it may have been like the second or third game into the season. We won one 0 I believe it was Andy Keogh. Yes, I was there. Andy Keogh yeah. scored. Yes, that's right. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we travelled up the day before, and um, I wasn't quite confident in sort of the social aspect at that age. Yeah. Um, so it was quite difficult. For myself at the time because um i didn't really integrate very well i wasn't a very confident speaker yes outside of football so obviously traveling up the day before um staying in the hotel um the whole day before the game and i remember a couple of the lads i can't remember exactly what i was saying like we're quite short on strikers tonight so you might get a chance you might be on the bench and i sort of went over my head a little bit i was very shy yeah and then like i say on the night i was named and it was just a surreal experience, really. Um, like I said, I was only at school probably like three months previous to that. And that thing, you know, I'm on the bench sort of thing. And it was it was, it was, was something special to be there. And obviously to get the win and we had the whole uh, Wigan end, uh, the away end was just full of wolves and stuff like that. And it was, it was a really special moment for myself. Yeah, because actually, James, I believe that was our first away win in the Premier League. Um, so it, it was a huge night um, and, and yeah. looking back I actually remember it well and I'm sorry I didn't remember you was on the bench but that quite an interesting point that you made there which I want to go back to is the fact that you, you wasn't very confident now it's, it's it's so easy us Wolves fans um, to see young players coming into the team and almost think they've got that swagger and that confidence but yeah. it is a big thing isn't it to, 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 to all of a sudden be in a hotel and a changing room with a load of experienced professionals it is a it is yeah. quite daunting yeah, 100% for myself personally it was. Um, and also when I saw other other young players um, around the first team, some I can remember off the top of my head like Ashley Hemmings and Mendes yes. Lang, they were very confident in and around them on a personal sort of level and stuff like that. And it was always something I didn't really feel like I had the confidence to do. Yes. Uh, and I did feel like that maybe held me back a little bit because obviously growing up in the age I'm now and the experiences I've had within life, yeah, it's something that I wish I had more. If I had what I had now, then and I know it's an easy thing to say. Yes, but I think things may have been different. Yeah, and it, is it almost at, at that point? You're 16 years of age. You've left school three months previous. Is it almost yeah. almost sort of too much, too young? A little bit because it was it was a it was a crazy moment from um, from leaving school because I remember on the preseason. Um, under 18s, we went to the Gothia Cup in Sweden. Yeah, um, we ended up winning that. I think we played the Brazilian side, uh, Cruzeiro or something like that in the final. We, we won a penalties, and I remember Mick McCarthy saying, to, "I think it was Mick Housler just been installed as um academy sort of manager at the time." Yeah, you know, give us your three best players from the tournament, and we'll play them in a in the friendly against Warsaw. Um, and I think it was me, Zeli Schmerlin, Mendes Lang. And we all got on, we had 10 minutes and it was 
that was re- that was an experience as well in itself because obviously being local there was quite a few Wolves fans there you know yeah um, I managed to get on I think I played about 15 minutes did well and then I remember I think there was a Port Vale friendly as well um, not too long after that and basically I remember we trained in the morning and basically it was we went back to the digs so I was living in digs at the time um, with Maureen and Morris the family who took care of me yeah. Um, I remember um, Mick McCarthy saying you know we need to be at the bus at this time and obviously train in the morning we got back lay down sort of dozed off or whatever ended up rushing in it was sort of traffic time and I remember I, I think me uh, Jack McCarthy and Mendes Lang we, we was about 30 seconds late to um, to the coach I remember getting on I remember Terry Connor just went absolutely like crazy Really? Like he, yeah, like, you, do you think you are? We've got Eastern professionals in your turn up 30 seconds late. I remember driving to the Port Vale game on the coach, and I was just thinking, oh, my God, like, this is not good. Like, this is a this is sort of a, a mark on my name sort of thing. Yeah. And I was I was just proper, like, upset. Like, but I remember that night, I can't remember who was playing up front, but someone got injured, so I managed to get on about 15 minutes into the game. And I remember I played about 70 minutes or so. And I had an unreal game, to be fair. Like, everything I did just, just turned out something Brilliant. good. Like. And and that's how it sort of, like, went from there. Because Mick McCarthy then was... I remember I had a little write-up. I think it was in the Express and Star. And he sort of... I remember reading it. I think he compared me to Steve Ball at the time. Just sort of, like... Because I was quite aggressive on the pitch. And, yes. You know, I was I was only 16. I was, even in training, I'd kick people and whatever. And um, I just thought, flipping out this... This, luckily, after being late and then managed to get on, hopefully that sort of crossed out that black mark now. Uh, I mean, that's incredible, James, because as soon as you get on the coach, the last thing you want is any ne- negativity because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, listen, football is a, is a confidence game and yeah. after you have a bollocking in front of everyone, to then actually turn up and have a good game is, is obviously a feather in your cap, um, yeah. which, which is fantastic. Um yeah. In the 0-9-10 season, who was the other match you was on the bench against? Um, I think, I believe, if I can... Because the Wigan one's the only one that sticks in my mind, to be honest. I believe it may have been a Carling Cup match or something like that. Yeah. But I do remember that I was travelling. I think I travelled to the first 10 to 12 games of that season where I was yes. in the squad, um, not making the bench. But I, I know I made it the Wigan one, and I believe there was another one, but... It, it's out of my mind at the moment. Oh, but I mean, I James, that is incredible. So, to be on the coach, is it almost... I mean, I'm going to fast-forward it, actually, to, to, to um, your, your, your game against Millwall. Um, yeah. 2011-2012 season, 20th of September at the Molyneux, 18 years of age. We're playing in the League Cup against Millwall. We win 5-0. Yeah. You come on a sub in the 74th minute for Stephen Hunt... Within yeah. three minutes, you've scored. I mean, yeah. listen, as Roy the Rovers' dreams go, um, and when I go to bed every night dreaming I'm still going to play for Wolves, it pretty much pans out like that. I mean, you've come on a sub, <laughs> and you've scored yeah. three minutes later. You're 18. I mean, yeah. that must be an incredible feeling. Yeah, it was um, It was surreal, to be fair. Because I remember um, I was warming up, and I think we were 3-0 up or something at the time, and um, I think it was Jamie Harbour was like... You, I think he'll get on now, like, before you nil up, sort of, sort of guaranteed a spot in the next round. So, you know, get ready, like, I think you'll come on. And I remember coming on, and it, 
it just uh, went all so quick. It's, it yeah. is sort of like a blur. It's something that you can't explain. Like, you know, I just remember the ball falling between the backs and I think I may have even started the move yeah. on the centre circle and I, sp- I sprayed it out wide and I managed to get in the box. Someone crossed it in. It took a deflection and just landed at my feet. And I remember just hitting it and it just felt, it did feel surreal. Like, saw the ball hit the back of the net and just put my arms up and I was just like, wow, like, this is what a feeling. Like, I mean, to be 18 years of age, to do that at, at, at Molyneux, you're in the first team. Um, do you? Uh, I'm going to ask a, a, a pretty direct question now. Do you all almost think at that point you've made it? I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think I think in your mind, um, even from when I signed a, a sort of professional contract on my 17th birthday, I think there is an element of that. If of I'm course. being honest, yeah. Yeah, even if it's not at Wolves, you do sort of think you'll always be in the professional game. Yes. And That's my personal experience. And, 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 I always thought I'd get a club now. And when you're 18, James, um, you don't think about being 25, being 30, being 35. You know, no. you, your life then, it's, you know, you're going to be playing football forever almost and you can see a, a long career and you, you then, obviously, you score on your debut and then next thing you know, you're thinking, right, I'm going to be in the first team scoring. That's how my mind would take me and it's quite easy to almost get carried away with the moment. Yeah, definitely, it, it is. But to be fair, I think I think I scored that goal and I think the next day I was just back training with the reserve. So it was, it was a bit of um, a shock to me personally yes. because I thought, oh, like... You know, I'm going to be proper involved now. And I don't think I was actually involved again after that, to be fair. And I think not long after that, I did go on loan to Accrington. That's right. And and I find that really strange because they've clearly got a lot of confidence in you from, from you being in and around the first team squad and on the bench for the 0-9-10 season. Um, you then obviously score on your debut within three minutes. And, and surely that's giving off the right signals to the manager that he can trust you. Um, yeah. I mean, what was your relationship like with Mick McCarthy? And, I, and I'll come to why I'm, going to, I'm asking you that. But, but what was your relationship like with, with Big Mick James? To be fair, I think Mick McCarthy was class for me personally. Yeah. Um, he helped me out on a personal level when, when I had issues off the field. Yeah. Um, on the field, he was he was very upfront. Yeah. Um, told me what he expected. Um, and he had a lot of time for me, to be fair. So... For me personally, uh, the relationship with me and Mick McCarthy was was good, and I felt like he did a lot for me. Um, and his door was always open, and I did go in there sometimes to talk about personal issues, which which he helped with. Uh, and, and that's a big thing at, at eighteen to talk about your personal problems and issues, because men in general yeah. don't seem to to to, to be too, um, you know. <laughs> In, you know, in doing it, in, in talking about the personal issues. So for a young man to go to the first team manager, because almost when you go in there, you think, right, I might say something you might not like and then I might not get another opportunity. There's a lot going yeah. through your head. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, um, for myself, it was a was a difficult moment and a, quite a scary moment. Um, yeah. Because obviously, um, playing professionally and full-time, it does equal a lot of free time where there's... there's not a lot you can be doing and your friends are all doing different things yes. and you know you can get caught up and you know I did spend a lot of time um, gambling a little bit and struggled with that a little bit because okay I didn't know that by the way 
Yeah, no, no, no. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite open with it because I just believe things that we've been through lead us to the person that we are today and the experiences Correct. all Correct. add up. So it, it's not something that I'm ashamed to talk about and it's something that I'm very open with. Yeah. And, and that was just something that I, that I struggled with at the time because I, I struggled to keep myself busy when I wasn't at football. Yeah. Um, and it's still something to this day, not gambling in particular, but I have to keep myself busy because yeah, I, I can't have too much free time and, you know, it, well, it doesn't work for me, so... Uh, James, that is not a bad thing for you to say because I'm sure most of us, um, most of us, you know, can, can, can feel that way as well. I... For example, I don't like you know being on my own, living on my own. It's it's never done it for me. And like you said, a lot of free time. Once you know, people on Twitter or people who follow the podcast know how flipping busy I keep myself. And yeah. you know, it it is a really interesting point to be honest, yeah. James, because you're a young man. You go to training. You've been training, I believe, for nine o'clock. You finished at probably one, two o'clock. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. and listen, at that time, obviously, or whatever, you know, you're not on 10, 20, 15, 30 grand a week. And, yeah. you know, you, you, it's so easy to, with all that free time, get caught up um, in, in, not necessarily things you shouldn't, but time, you know, things to fill the time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, it's something that's a distraction and, and it's hard. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, uh, especially when you're trying to make it. You yeah. know, when you've got fifty odd apps or hundred apps, you sort of always going to get a move. Yeah, you'll always you'll, you'll be wanted somewhere because you've got experience. You've got them sort of everything in the cap if you like. Um, but obviously, when you're trying to come through, and it, it's just difficult to to fill that time really. Yeah. And and was the club good with you and and did the help? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, they used to bring in um, two people, I think it was Jeff Whitley and um, somebody else to talk yeah. um, regarding any issues that the younger players had. So there was that sort of um, connection um, to obviously talk about other things unrelated to football, if you like. Yes. Um, so I believe that the club did try and put that into place, which I feel like every club should have, especially around the younger players coming through because it's such a different life to what friends and, and people around them would have experienced and gone through yeah. so and i believe that we'll, we'll they try and sort of make something possible for the younger players and somebody to talk to yeah and that is good but for example football now um there is betting adverts everywhere at half time on tv you know on every advert on every advertising yeah. hoarding i think it's on 60 percent of premier league shirts it's it's just ridiculous um, and I suppose yeah. in the dressing room as well, you've got players who and who can afford to lose money. You know, there's the Premier League players who can afford to have a five grand bet and think nothing of it on a horse, whatever. Um, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure in the dressing room, there's people talking about betting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, um, albeit they're all professional footballers, they're all, all lads at the end of the day. And yeah. Yes, like you say, some people can bet and it'll just be a one-off or just a bit of fun and then you'll have others who obviously will suffer with addictions and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I think it's just part and parcel, really. And it's something that you can't really escape anywhere, really, I think. Of course. And, and do you know what, James? Fair play for admitting it, not only on the podcast, but to Mick McCarthy and, and to recognising you've got a problem because a lot of people don't until it's too late. And when it's too late, then 
Paul, yeah. you know, it can create family problems, you know, all sorts of issues, health issues. So what you did was was yeah. very admirable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the reason I asked about your relationship with Mick McCarthy, when you scored the goal against Millwall, um, see, I watched yeah. it today on YouTube, and uh, there is no yeah. way that took a deflection off Sam Vokes. But... Oh, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but apparently, Mick McCarthy come out, and he was almost—he was almost like trying to get Sam Vokes to claim it, and I was thinking, "What? Flipping yeah. lads, lads just come on. He's eighteen. Yeah. I, I did feel, yeah, I did feel that a little bit at the time. Now you've mentioned it. I mean, it was quite disappointed. I think Terry Connor was the one who came up to me, and so I was trying to take it off me, and I, I felt a little bit disappointed at the time, really, with that. Um, Flipping it. I, I think it, it's just one of those things, I guess. Yeah, but the good thing is, James. They haven't took it off yet. It's your goal. It's in history. End, end of. And, and to be fair to yeah. Sam Vokes, he's probably scored. He probably scored by then fifty odd league goals or cup goals, whatever. And yeah, you think, yeah. come on, son, you've had enough. Let, it's my debut. Let me have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, when you look back at that sixteen minutes on the pitch, can can you look at it now? Can you almost relive the goal in your head? Can you can you remember the touches? Can you remember the crowd? Um, I can't remember the crowd so much because you are you are really focused at the time. Yes, on you know making sure your concentration levels are there. You can't really let that sort of sort of distract you if you like. Because, yes, you know it, it, it's it's the few. I don't know exactly the attendance that was there, but obviously it's in the thousands and whatever. But yeah, you're just sort of in the moment, and it's such a different um, feeling when you're actually on the pitch. Playing yeah. in front of like thousands of people, you're just so zoning on the game. You don't really hear or see anything really apart from what's going on on, on the pitch. Now, after Wolves, um, you left Wolves in 2011, so you've yeah. got sort of five years at the club. Um, yeah. You, at this point, you're 18 years of age. You went to Accrington on loan uh, to start yeah. with, then you went to Telford. Yeah, I did read an article. You did find it very difficult to transition from full time to part time. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, um, I was quite disappointed with the way. Um, obviously, um, I was released by Wolves. To be fair, because obviously sacking Mick McCarthy and then putting um, Terry Connor in charge for the last six months. Yeah, I felt like he was under a lot of pressure himself. Yes, um, and I don't think he really took into you know, sort of consideration my future or or anything like that. I just felt like I was sort of shunned out the door, if you like. And yeah. um, I was quite disappointed with that. And I remember I remember him calling me up to the office and releasing me. Um, I remember him saying, oh, Burton had been in touch, but I told him, no, like, I believe you should go to Scotland and play or something. And I just thought it was a bit disappointing because... It's not your decision to make if you're releasing me if a club's interested. Of course. Uh, interested. Pardon? I said, of course, yeah, of course. It, yeah, it's your yeah. decision. Yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed and I didn't really feel like the help in me trying to find another club after that because um, it was just sort of like go and sort of find it for yourself sort of thing. And I found that quite hard because obviously the season finished and then pre-season started I still hadn't had a club yeah um, I mean I had trials I went to crew I think I had Plymouth wanting me to go down there but you have to fund it yourself at the time yeah you have to pay for your hotels 
you know, you travel up there and stuff like that. And it became a bit unsun- unsustainable because um, I-, I-, I didn't get through to a couple. And that's when I ended up joining Telford. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a really bad move, really, for myself. Yeah. Um, being in the conference and either 22 teams or 20 now, I'm not too sure. But I remember it was only Telford and one other who were part-time. So it was it was different, and I, I believe we started the season really well um, because we had the preseason. But then you could sort of like see the teams that were full time and how we wasn't, and the fitness and stuff like that, and the sharpness wasn't yes, there. Yeah, yeah. I think we ended up having four managers that season. We went on a thirty game sort of run without winning. Um, you know, the fans were unhappy, and it sort of just was like, wow, like this is a big a big change and I sort of just fell out of love with football during that season really well I mean I can see that James because af- after Wolves it was Telford Stourbridge Bedworth Lion Alf Church in-, in 2016 I don't believe you've had a club since I might be wrong is that right? Um, no, I-, I have played um, occasionally places I played for AFC Wolves Lytown um, yeah. just sort of step five clubs and, and stuff like that really but you know, it, 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 it's quite noticeable that, that really since last few years that, that you've almost given up or turned your back on football and, and like you've quite rightly said, fell out of love with it. And my point is, how difficult is it for an 18-year-old player to score at Molyneux, um, literally live the dream, and then a few years later, not only is that dream gone, it, it, it it's not coming back. How difficult is that yeah. for a young man? Um... Probably in my earlier 20s to mid-20s, it was quite difficult. Um, you know, literally, I remember finishing Telford and just being like, what do I do here? And I, I went working in a factory and stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, like, this is some fall from grace. This is... Uh, uh, um, can I just say, I just want to interrupt there. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that, by the way, James, because you're a hard-working young man. But yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I, I understand completely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any problem, I... I kind of enjoyed the factory because I enjoyed being around just, if you like, and not in a disrespect, but just normal people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, yeah, it yeah. was nice. It, it was really nice. And although, you know, the pay wasn't well, like you can get a good crack there and stuff like that. But it was still, it was, it was difficult to take. And I think more than anything, um, you when you look back, you look at the sacrifices that your family made, AKA my dad. Yes. You know, he, he'd finish work, he'd take me training three times a week, take me to a game on Saturday, could be all over England. And sort of that sacrifice and me working and been been doing, you know, hard jobs. Now I understand how difficult that was for him. So I feel like sometimes, and I've spoken to him and he said, I've, I've never let him down, etc. But it's something that I always think, should I have, you know, done extra, done more, etc. So I have that bit of feeling of guilt in my early 20s to mid-20s of sort of like the sacrifice that was given, did I put enough back in to return, it sort of thing, but... I mean, what I'll say uh, to that is, James, and I can see why you think that, but realistically, football is quite unforgiving and not, not always the best yeah. players make it. And yeah. it's all about opinions and timing. And sometimes the timing isn't great. So, for example... You know, if, if when uh, TC 
block the move to, to or the trial at Burton. See, that could have yeah. been a, another fork in the road, and you could have gone to Burton and done well. And and yeah. it's 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 all about um, it's all about the timing, really. And and sadly, I, you know, I know it's 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 easy to say now, and and but. To work in a factory to do that, it just actually shows the the the, the character that you've got, um, and I'm yeah. I'm sure your family are all so proud of you, James, for what you've achieved. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think now when I look back at everything, the experiences through football, um, you know, working in different uh, environments and around different people, I'm I'm very grateful and thankful now with where I am in my life today. That all that sort of has accumulated into me becoming the person that I am yes and you know now I look back I'm okay with it like I'm fine of course and I just appreciate everything that happened so like I say in my early mid-twenties maybe it was a bit difficult but when I look back now I think it's all it was special moments that I had yeah um, especially at Wolves some of the things that you know going to play you know in the youth teams in Germany going to Sweden with the 18s you know, making my professional debut, being on the bench and stuff like that. And it's just things that are, are special and that obviously I'll always remember. Yeah. And, and, and nobody, James, can ever take those memories away. And yeah, it, listen, football's a huge bubble. Like you said, you, you're in the dressing room of a Premier League team. Um, there's, there's certain players who are going to be knocking up in Range Rovers, Ferraris, etc. All of a sudden it's gone. Is there enough help for young players that leave the game? Um, I think for me personally, the PFA are very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, I think from sort of a club point of view, sort of when you're gone, you're gone. Um, and obviously it's also a business that has to keep evolving and players have to come in and it's sort of like, so, but I believe the PFA for me personally have been brilliant. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've called them up numerous times to talk about anything mental health wise or anything like that. They've, They've always been there when I've needed them. Brilliant. So, yeah, I'd say the PFA uh, have been brilliant for myself personally. Brilliant. Well, listen, James, you, you know you are doing the right thing, um, and and you've, you've alluded to obviously in the past you've worked in factories, etc. What job do you do now? Um, I currently work two jobs, so I do roofing, and I'm yeah. also a senior support worker as well for. Um, kids with autism and, and PDA and uh, behavioural issues or anything like that um, which is just something that I absolutely love to be fair yes um, yeah. you know just help helping helping younger kids and being there for them trying to progress them and support them for you know adult life and stuff like that it, it's literally perfect oh, but, and can you almost see yourself in some of the kids in, in when they've got certain challenges and certain problems certain issues can you almost you know, see that that yourself in them almost. Um, I think I, in ways, yeah, because um, like I, like I said previously, um, the experiences I've had and yeah. being in dressing rooms with different people, different cultures, different personalities, mental health issues, and, and everything, it all sort of makes sense with what everything that I've been through. Now that I'm now working in this prof- profession. Yeah. Oh, amazing! And even though you've played for Wolves and scored, you can't tell me now you still support Villa. <laughs> uh, you know how it is, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to say mind the gap, James. Yeah. I promise you, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, like you know, I, I'm feeling through and through. But you know, Wolves. I always look out, and you know, I spent a lot of years there, so um, it's something that's very special 
to myself. You know, I've I've bought the kit hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, some of the best memories of my life are, are being at that club. So, you know. Oh, mate, that is fantastic. And before the interview, I did say I help uh, for my sins because <laughs> flipping heck, I like to keep busy. I help run the Wolves All Stars with my leaves and. Really, the players should be over 35, but yeah. what we might do is get you a dodgy passport uh, yeah. and get you involved in future games, James. So, you know, yeah, you fancy well, that. Listen, I've, I've done so much for you in the past, past year, I feel over 35 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, perfect, James. We'll get you involved. And if you can yeah. look, look back on your career, as, 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 yeah. as short as it was, um, it, even, you know, you've still lived the dream, the feathers in your cap. I yeah. think I know what the answer is going to be, but what, what's the what's the highlight of it, and what do you look back on that brings a smile to your face? Um, I think 100% scoring that goal at Molyneux is is priceless, really. And um, I've got a I've got a little daughter on the way, um, so it'll be something that I'll be telling her when she's born. Oh, mate! And you know what? Not many people can do that, James. And I'm looking yeah. at your WhatsApp picture now, and I can see your uh, your beautiful daughter that's on the way. So. You know yeah. what, I want to thank you for your time tonight. I want to thank you yeah. for being so honest um, with, with, with all the questions and, and the way you yeah. answered them and responded. Um, yeah. Good luck uh, with the impending birth of your daughter and you are welcome back on the podcast anytime. No, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. Nice one. Thank it's you. Very nice. Thank you. thank you very much.